When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. 6.30 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 6.30 Chad. Hi, this is Oscar Clefbaum from your Edmonton Oilers and you're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on 6.30 Chad. All right, good to have you tuning in tonight. It is 6.13 Tomorrow morning we sign on at 9.30 to get the uh, double header started. You can text 6.30, Deborah writing in, she says, Good game from Koskinen last night, but I still feel more confident with Mike Smith in net. I feel like Koskinen isn't sure where the play is going. That is uh, from uh, Deborah to 6.30, Well, Koskinen made the stops he needed to. Certainly some nervous moments. I don't know if how much of that was on him. I mean, look, the Devils controlled the game last night in the third period they certainly had the chance to be more than a goal ahead when the Oilers got the late power play and tied it up on uh, what turned out to be somewhat of a controversial play I'll I'll tell you what I I talked to a a former referee about that play and and he thought he thought it was handled correctly though obviously Devils fans are going to feel a little different I don't know if you saw the the explanation put out by the National Hockey League. Here's what they put. It was confirmed the McDavid shot completely crossed the New Jersey goal line as the culmination of a continuous play where the result was unaffected by the whistle. The decision was made in accordance with Rule 37.3, which outlines goal situations subject to video review, such as a puck entering the net as the culmination of a continuous play where the result of the play was unaffected by any whistle blown by the referee upon his losing sight of the puck. So what they're saying is is that the whistle may have gone before the puck was over the line, but no players heard the whistle and stopped playing and that the puck was going to go in anyway. So uh, a bit of a break for the Oilers. I, I still think, though, the NHL did make that explanation, which 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 does make sense. I guess if you rule the puck, uh, the goal would have been scored anyway. There's no sense taking it off the board. 780-496-0063. We'll bring Nathan onto the show. Nathan, you're on with Reed. Go ahead. Hey, how are you? Pretty good. Hey, I had a couple questions for you. Okay. Why didn't Yamamoto play in the preseason that he had a, an injury or something? Yeah, he was still getting over a wrist issue. Oh, Okay, and one more question for you. Uh, how much is Victor Henman getting paid a year? Uh, I'd have to double-check quite a bit. He's a pretty good player. Why is that? Uh, I was just wondering if we could trade Oscar Clefbaum and maybe a second-round pick for him. Or would that be too much? Uh, I think I think uh, thanks for calling Nathan. I would I think the Lightning would would want to hang on to uh, Victor Hedman. Just double checking his cap hit. Uh, his cap hit is seven point eight seven five million dollars. Well, and he has a no movement clause until the end of twenty twenty two. So I don't think uh, I don't think Victor Hedman's going to be an Oiler. He's a pretty good player. All right, we also have Rocket standing by. Rocket, happy Thanksgiving. Good to hear from you. 
Happy Thanksgiving to you too, Reed. You guys are uh, wonderful as usual. I still wanted to touch base on that McDavid goal and the fact that the referee neither said no goal or goal is the fact that he didn't point, um, you know, relevant to that review. Well, here's like I said, I, I talked to a, I talked to a former referee who who I trust and who wouldn't have any care you know about what what the call was and he said he was a little surprised the referee didn't point but he also said and and you know other officials i've talked to in other sports you know as fans we all want something immediately and if if we feel if the referee or the linesman or the umpire doesn't do something immediately that they must be confused or not sure but this gentleman said to me it's it's okay to get together and talk about it and and we've seen that in other sports uh, where you know they say, okay, what what did you all see? I I didn't think he called it a goal on the ice. So then when he went to the mic and said, we're going to review it, to, but to, but I call it on the ice a good goal. I was a little surprised because I never, like you said, I never saw any indication he said it was a goal. But I, I think what the NHL is saying and what the ref the referee I talked to is saying, it's okay to get together and say, okay, the puck went in. You know what? I, I had my whistle up to my mouth because I thought I was going to lose sight of it, and then McDavid swept it into the net. You know, as I blew my whistle, but that didn't affect the play. I, you know, he's arguing. I think the NHL is saying it, it's okay for that to be the call, even if the whistle goes. I still kind of feel like maybe the Oilers got a bit of a break, but the puck was never covered, and McDavid didn't commit any goalie interference. He didn't push a pad or. You know, actually dig out, uh, dig out. But like, were you surprised it counted, or, or how'd you feel, Rocket? Well, I, I, I just thought like, like, okay, so he doesn't wave it a goal or, or wave it off. But then, so I was kind of confused by that, right? Obviously, and then when he, I guess, so what you're saying is when he went to talk to the other officials by the penalty box, he, he at that point said it's a goal. I'm ruling it a goal. Let's go to review. That's what that's what I think happened. I, I think he's because it's so close on on the replay. And I watched it a few times again today, and there were a couple times I watched it, and I thought to myself, "Oh, the puck was in before he blew it dead." And then there were a couple times I watched it, and I thought, "Oh, McDavid just shot it the instant he blew the whistle." So yeah, I think the referee is saying, "Okay, wait a minute. The the puck was never actually covered." You know, as I'm thinking the play might be dead, Connor shoots it in. I actually, yeah, I actually thought it was like Ty goes to the runner, like McDavid shot it in, like literally at the same time. This is watching it on TV as the whistle was blowing. So um, I could definitely see that. I mean, I was, you know, I was watching the game with my son, and we were both like, that's a goal. Right. <laughs> so. Well, I'm sure Oilers fans wanted it to be a goal, but... You know what? If, if they got a break, uh, I think you take it, and the positive thing about that is if they're not within a goal it doesn't matter i mean if you're scoring that goal to lose 5-3 that no one cares either way right and we're not talking and, about it and koskinen to me uh, one last thing koskinen to me was was definitely the best player in the game i thought uh, so do i they didn't even give him a star in the rink i i, th- I mean i think if that game's in edmonton he's probably the first star um and, and some Oilers fans, you know, Rob and I talking last night, some people wanted goalie interference challenged on the third goal. I don't think the Oilers would have won that challenge because most of the contact was outside the crease. And, and I think Coleman is allowed to hold his ground there. And Nurse was also involved in the tie-up. 
the no, I think the Oilers probably would have lost that challenge and then been shorthanded with the yeah, with the new rule. A good call considering the ramifications if you if you get it wrong this year versus you right. know of course last year he's thrown in the you know the red flag or whatever it is in football. But right, but but yeah. they're they were in that game because of their special teams and their goaltending. They they killed off the New Jersey power plays. They got two power play goals of their own, and Koskinen held them in. They they you know that was. That was probably the worst they played. Well, not probably. It was the worst they played five-on-five five this year. I mean, they had some scary moments against Vancouver, but they hung in there. They yeah. played better than L.A., but they had to overcome the Smith mistakes. Uh, good game against the Islanders. And then, you know, last night, New Jersey got the pace going, and, and the Oilers couldn't always handle it. So we'll see if that's going to be a trend or a one-off. But I have no problem with your goalie being first star sometimes. The, the Oilers need that. Yeah, I think I said it in a text message. If your bottom six can play consistent, like I really like those bottom six guys, and and if they can keep playing like like they are, it just puts less pressure on the top two lines, and as a result, you're seeing like you know amazing things like Neil getting seven goals in four games. So it's amazing to watch. Love it. Thanks, Rocket. See you. Cheers. All right, seven eight zero four nine six zero zero six three. Neil. Writing into the text line, 630-630, says, Nice to see the Oilers get a break. I've been watching sports a long time. I've stopped feeling guilty if my team gets a break from the referees. They go both ways, just take the win and uh, move on. Well, that's certainly one way to look at it. They tend to uh, they tend to go both ways throughout the season. I don't know if they even out. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. You let you, a lot of athletes and coaches tell themselves they'll even out. I don't know if they even out, but uh, if you get one, take it and move on. Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins is brought to you by Cam LLP Injury Lawyers, representing injured people in Edmonton and across Alberta since 1962. Updating the NHL scoreboard after two. The Ducks lead the Blue Jackets 2-1. Hurricanes up 2-1 on the New York Islanders. No score late second period between the Panthers and the Sabres. In the CFL, halftime 17-3. Toronto out in front of Ottawa. Later, big showdown. Saskatchewan taking on Calgary. Game one between the Nationals and the Cardinals is underway. Washington up 1-0. And they are still batting in the top of the second inning. Uh, thanks for sticking with us. Uh, we we did have a bit of an issue off the start of the show. A few people texting. I guess there was some sort of banging. Somebody wrote in. It sounded like a, a woodpecker in the studio. And I told Brian Hall several times, do not leave your pet woodpecker here when you're not here. And he did it, and the woodpecker got into the studio. I actually grabbed the woodpecker for a comment tonight, and this is what he had to say about the whole situation. <laughs> What is really weird about all this is that Brian Hall named his pet woodpecker Farley. That's strange. Like, that's a bit, bit of a blast from the past. I don't know what that, that says, really. Uh, but we got we got Farley back in Brian's office. Uh, it, seemed, it should be enough bird seed and water there for 
over the weekend. So, or maybe Brian's going to be in to, to look after Farley. But uh, we apologize for for those woodpecker-related difficulties. Yeah, I think he got thanks confused. For, thanks for sticking I, with I, us. I think he got confused thinking that, hey, his time was up, but no, it's turkeys this weekend. It's Thanksgiving turkeys. All right. This texture says, please correct the caller. Rocket, the tie does not go to the runner. The runner must beat the ball. That is true. We had a couple of umpires in studio in the summer, and I confirm that. Is that true? The tie goes to the runner. The tie in baseball does not go to the runner. The runner has to beat the ball to the base. Anyway, thanks for that. Chad says, I'm glad the referee and the NHL got the call right on McDavid's goal last night. The referee should not blow the play dead so quickly. That's from Chad. And uh, this texter writes in, last time I checked, the teams the Oilers played are NHL teams, are they not? Maybe you can refresh my memory and let me know the last time a weak professional team went 0-82 because they were weak and didn't deserve or earn a win. I hate when people who have never played competitive sports offer up their ridiculous opinions. That is a text to 63630. And by the way, time for you to call as well. 7804960063. Well, look, I I get it. I you know, obviously I've been a sports fan my entire life and uh, I've been a sports broadcaster now most of my adult life and specifically now doing inside sports for 6 years. I I talk to a lot of sports fans, uh, uh, you know, especially when people call in. And one thing I've really learned is it's very hard for people to say my team is good. I'm fine with how my team looks. And I've obviously it's especially hard for Oilers fans to say that because whenever they've had the inkling of thinking that over the last 13 years, most times it's turned out the team hasn't been very good. So, you know, I think if the Oilers had been a really good team for the last 13 years and they were 4-0, there'd be much less trepidation. They might say, like, okay, well, yeah, that's good. That's, that's 4-0. Nice to be undefeated. You know, we'll still wait and see. But, you know, they've been pretty good before. Let's get into the playoffs and see how we do. I, I think with Oilers fans, you've been beaten down so much. You've had so many of your hopes and dreams destroyed that it, sometimes it's hard to just say, man, this is fun. Though I, though I, I hope you're, you, you know what, I hope even if you're nervous about how the team is going to go and, and your word, I, I hope you're still having fun. I hope you had fun that they got six goals against L. And they've trailed in every game. It's only the fourth time ever a team has trailed in each of their first four games to go 4-0. And in three of the four, they trailed in the third period, relatively late in the third period. So I, I hope you're at least having fun. But, you know, after getting your texts and phone calls over the last few years, I, I'm not going to get upset if somebody says, Reed, I'm, I'm still nervous. I've been burned before. I, I, I can't tell you not to feel that way. I, I just hope you recognize that, you know, if, you, if you've played four games, you can have one of nine to- point totals between zero and eight. Eight's the best one. <laughs> So, like, I, I feel like I shouldn't need to explain that, but I do feel that there, you know, people are, oh, well, this, what if this guy's no good? Or what if the, what if the goal, t- what if, I, sometimes I, I feel I just need to say, you know what, eight's the most points you can have. So it's okay for today to feel good about it. Maybe they're going to lose 6 1 tomorrow. I don't know. But at least now, hopefully you feel okay. And 
Brian Hall's woodpecker no longer in the studio. So there's something else you can feel good about. Hey, Elvis, go ahead. Hey, Reed, how you doing on this lovely Friday night? Pretty good. Awesome. You know what? I just want to. I just want to make uh, a, a point here. Biggest point I'm going to make right now is we banked eight points out of a possible eight. Uh, it's nice to see that we have a process going on. Uh, and and listening to Coach Tippett, there's no way that he's bringing a fancy new system that everybody's buying into. I think they made it abundantly clear what they're doing is they are saying, you buy into, you play to this system, or we'll find somebody who who will. And you know what? Uh, so far, so good. Well, and I think McDavid and Dreisaitl are saying, all right, you, you know, we're listening to this guy. We don't want another new coach in a year and a half, right? Like they're saying, let's, you know, Tip's done it before. We've played against his teams that frustrated us. Let's do it because then if the big guys are doing it, it, it makes it easier for everybody else to do it. And I and I know McDavid and Drysdale aren't perfect defensively, um, but, you know, if, if, they're, if they're doing it, then it makes it a lot easier for everybody else to have to follow it. And we'll, and we'll see. There's going to be challenges there are going to be slumps, but everything the Oilers are saying, too, is that they're in it for the long haul, and hopefully that pays off as we move on. Absolutely. And you know what? Like, I, I get it. I'm going to age myself here a bit, but I'm, I'm going to come out and I'm going to say this. I have the opportunity to go to uh, an old pub called Barry T's back in the day where the Oilers brought the Stanley Cups in, and I had the opportunity to drink out of that cup two times. probably should have had tetanus shots, because everybody did. It was a big celebration. I hope that the people, like my son, who's who's so cautious, like you say, he's 32 years old, and he's so cautious, because he's never seen him go on a major, major run like that, where they, they end up with the with the grail, the holy grail, Lord Stanley. Uh, so I, I'm just looking forward to that, and I'm looking forward to, like, I, I watched the Calgary Flames broadcast the other night, and I'm so happy you guys are not like those homers down there, bud. That 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 uh, that Eric Francis guy, I couldn't believe what he was saying. It just shocked me. Keep up the good work, work, uh, work read, and have a happy Thanksgiving, my friend. All right, you too, Elvis. Ah, you know, Eric. You know what? Eric Francis is a columnist. Columnists are supposed to push some buttons and have strong opinions. So I'm not. I'm not gonna. Uh, I'm not going to take any shots at uh, Eric Francis. That, I mean, that's how it goes. I mean, he has an opinion. He's seeing what he sees. If other people don't see it, uh, that's fine. But I'm not going to get upset about it. He, he wrote an article about the, the Neil Lucic trade. You know, I hope Luch does fine. It was it was tough to watch him because, sure, there was a drop-off in ability. But, I mean, that had to be frustrating. He's got the contract. He did score his – you know, he actually scored his first year and a half as an Oiler. He had 22 goals the first year. Then he had nine at the halfway point next year. So he might, you know, he was on pace maybe to get to 20. And then all of a sudden, just just nothing. And to his credit, he did interviews about it. He talked about it. And he admitted that it, it was tough. I mean, we could all see it. And from the leadership standpoint, and, you know, the Flames are saying they, they brought him for leadership. From a leadership standpoint, it's hard to be a team leader when you're slumping that poorly and you're that worried about your own game because you're you're trying to get out of it. So it's 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 hard to it's hard to be as worried about your teammates when you're stuck in the muck that badly. So, you know, I felt for Lucic. I I, I hope he finds a way to contribute to Calgary. I don't think it's going to be 
as offensively as he was earlier in his career or even his first year here in Edmonton. But, you know, Eric Francis or whoever can write what he wants, I'm not going to take any... If, if Luch does poorly there, I'm not going to take any glee in it. But it's it's nice for Oilers fans and, and for the trade working out so far that Neil has seven goals. Good for him. It is 6.43. Quick. Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Time out. You can call 780-496-0063. The text line is 630-630. Inside Sports on 630 Chat. You're listening to Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins on Edmonton Sports Leader. 630 Chad. All right, thanks a lot for tuning in tonight. You know, we had we had a caller the other night after the Oilers' uh, third win who wasn't buying into the Oilers being very good. He said it's just like the Eskimos. They got weak opponents, and that's why they're getting this good record. Look, quality of opponent obviously makes a difference in how you're going to do hockey and football are a little are a little different to me because in football you're playing a game a week hockey's a little more constant sometimes the teams back to back traveled a little more um i i don't really start to look at that until once we kind of get about halfway into the season when you think like okay who have they actually beaten how have those other teams done i i know from and we're going to talk a little more eskimos uh, with dave campbell later on in the show Eskimos playing the Lions tomorrow. So get this, the Eskimos have beaten the Lions twice, and then both the Eskimos and the Lions have two wins over Ottawa, two over Toronto, and one each over Montreal. Now the Eskimos got theirs early. The BC uh, Lions have theirs more recently, including four in a row. So uh, the Lions are hot, but again, if you're going by strength of schedule... Are they hot, or have they just beat up all the bad teams at a different point of the season than the Eskimos have? And for and look, and in the NHL... I don't know yet. I mean, LA is supposed to not be very good. The Oilers beat them. I think Van, you know, based on what I thought preseason, I thought Vancouver and Edmonton kind of would be in the same range. Oilers beat them. Good if they're gonna. That's if they're gonna make the playoffs, they got to get points in their own division. The Islanders were the best defensive team in the NHL last year. Oilers got five on them. Granted, New York didn't have Robin Leonard, who was the goalie for a lot of those last year, but still they got five on them. If you're basing it on last year, so. I don't know. I mean, you can you can talk yourself to death about should should have they have won? Was it lucky? They got four. I'm living with that right now. Jason on line one. Go ahead, Jason. Hi, Irene. I love the show. I just got a couple of questions. Uh, as a fan watching the some of the orders mature, like Nurse, Nuge, Clefbaum. Say if Nurse has a stellar year this year and he scores over 15 goals. Will the orders be able to afford him? I don't know. And my second question is, when was the last time you had a defense that scored over 15 goals? Oh, an individual defenseman that scored over 15 goals? Yeah. Wow, how long ago would have that been? Coffee? <laughs> well, <laughs> well, Surrey got a bunch, didn't he? Surrey, yeah. That's, uh, and that's what I was wondering, because Nurse, is, nurse is, he's developing more and more in his confidence that uh, the quarterback that we need well, here, 
Here, here's the thing with uh, Surrey had 23 in 08 09. Okay. Uh, I'm just quickly scanning here some old, you know, as you know, Stoffer remembers all the stats, so he would know this without having to look it up. I don't have that memory. You know, Nurse could be positioned to get a big jump in salary. It's going to be interesting to see what might happen next summer. I still see Clefbaum as more of the the quarterback on the main power play because I just think his all-round ability is better and I think he has better vision and better hockey sense. Nurse certainly can transport the puck better because he's very fast, but but I like Clefbaum. I like his one-timer. You know, he, he, I think he's better at holding pucks in on attempted clearing attempts. And then I think the future power play quarterback is obviously Evan Bouchard, but that could be a few years away. I, I mean, look, if the Oilers do really well this season, then there are some players that are probably going to want raises. And yeah. and then you wonder if with Nuge going into the final year of his contract, what might happen there. And I hate to bring that up because we're a long way away yeah. from there. But if you decide to keep Nurse and give him a raise, um, you know, unfortunately, would you have to look at, you know, moving Nugent Hopkins or, or Larson or somebody like that? But that's, you know, those are what ifs for, for down the line. But I get it. If, if Nurse gets, what did he, didn't he wind up with 41 last year? You know, that's... What's he going to want? Five, six million, something like that? Yeah. So. <laughs> All right. All right. Thank you, Reed. Thank Th- you. Thanks, Jason. Appreciate it. This portion of the show presented by Furnace Family. Experience the Furnace Family difference. Your furnace replacement specialist with over 500 five star Google reviews. Call 7804 Family or visit furnacefamily.com. We got Joe on line two. Hey, Joe, go ahead. Hey, Reed. How you doing? Doing well. I'm quickly looking up. Uh, last Oiler defenseman to score over 20. I, I think it was Surrey, but I'll keep looking. Go ahead. Yeah, I just wanted to say my plug here. I can't believe people haven't caught on. All you hear is James the real deal, Neil. It's got to be changed. It's James the steal of a deal, Neil. <laughs> That's a good one. That How is come a they good don't one. know? They got to know this. Well, James, the steal of a deal, Neil. It, it's turned out pretty well so far. Now, going into the season, Joe, what were what were you thinking that Neil could score? Well, I mean, consistently, I mean, 20, 20 plus goals a season. I think he's ignited by McDavid. I think he, you know, he feels young again. You see him push. I, I, I think he's going to score thirty. Well, that'd be amazing. I mean, what if he gets? What if he gets 15 even just on the power play? Like that's well, that's in the realm of possibility, isn't it? Absolutely. Steal of a deal, Neil. Well, I've seen some people calling him the real steal as well, so I guess you're kind wow. of on the same theme. Yeah, absolutely. Okay. I love the show. I try to tune in whenever I can, but uh, keep up the great work and uh, go Oilers go, I guess. Okay, appreciate it, Joe. That is Joe, 780-496-0063. I am uh, going back. It had to be Saray. See, where's Stoffer where you need him? He's got the stuff ingrained on his brain. Uh, I'm back to 2011-12 now. Jordan Eberle had 34. Hall had 27. The top-scoring defenseman. This is just a total... The uh, highest-scoring defenseman on the Oilers... Oh, this is not good. Just This is just a random fact here as I'm looking at these stats. The top-scoring defenseman on the Oilers in 2011-12 in terms of points 
was Jeff Petrie with 25. In terms of goals, was Ladislav Schmid with five. Yikes. Ouch. Ladislav Schmid, who was, I, I mean, for did what he did and was good at it, uh, but wasn't an offensive defenseman, and he had the most goals by an Oilers defenseman that year. Reed, I well, think I found it. Well, that's why they missed the playoffs for so long, I guess. I think I Vishnovsky, found it for you. Uh, Vishnovsky had 10 in, uh, what year was this? Oh, nine. Okay, so the last order defenseman to get 20 goals was indeed Sheldon Surrey. Uh Andrew says uh, Larson would be the guy to trade if it came down to him and Nugent Hopkins. Nurse would then be the new Larson, so you could trade. Larson is needed. Paul says, Reed, is it safe to say Chason has been replaced on the top power play unit? Yes, uh, I agree. I agree. Uh, this texture says, hey, Reed, it's Dan. Come on, people, quit searching for reasons to expect failure. All last year we heard we need consistent scoring from other players. We have that so far. We need goaltending. We got that. We lost one of our top D-men, and the others have stepped up. Our PK has been great, and our power play has produced. Dan goes on to say, Hey, if you spent time on the weekend with Pamela Anderson, would you complain that she didn't cook? (laughs) Tip and his staff have these guys believing, and they have something to prove. Ah, That's a pretty good text from Dan. Thank you, Dan. You made me laugh, too. Always get bonus points for that. Uh, Mike, the believer from Spruce Grove, says, Hi, Reed, you know what? Just listening to you, the Oilers can never please people. They are 4-0 right now, and people are complaining because they played weak teams. The problem in Edmonton, too many GMs and coaches thinking they have all the answers. Why not just be happy they are 4-0? It's uh, been a long time since that has happened. Mike, the believer from Spruce Grove. Well, I th- you know, I think people are happy. But there are, you know, I, I, you know, I get it. And, and look, people love talking about the team. So I I get the discussion, and you can always have it here. Uh, Well, this is a good observation from Andy. He says, I don't care if if the bottom six doesn't score, just get scored against. Just don't get scored against. Well, fair point. So far, they've done okay in that regard for sure. Do we got to take a break here, Kellen? My goodness, we got to do a newscast. In about a minute. Oh, we're not there yet? Okay. My apologies. Uh, Some guests on Inside Sports get gift certificates to Northern Chicken bringing down South Comfort. I'm still rattled by the woodpecker. No kidding. It was dangerously close to my brain. That was brain rattling, yeah. <laughs> so, so I guess on Inside Sports, get gift certificates to Northern Chicken, bringing down South Comfort Food to Edmonton with their creative take on Southern Classics spun with a modern twist. I, you know, Andy texted in about the bottom six. I truly believe that, that that's part of Ken Holland's ideal plan for this season. When McDavid and Dreisaitl aren't on the ice, tie the game. Grind out some minutes. Spend some time in the other team's end. If you score, beautiful, but don't give anything up and try to win the game in 20 minutes on the, they're, that they're on the ice together. I mean, they were two of the top four scorers in the NHL last season. So you should have the advantage most of the time, even against other line's top players. So if the bottom six can tie the game, goaltending keeps you in it. I think that's part of Holland's plan. I don't think he, he believes the Oilers can be a, necessarily a world beater. We'll see where they go. But tie the game when the big guys aren't on the ice. Give them a chance to win it. You might sneak out enough to get into the postseason. Hi. 
630 Chad Inside Sports with Reed Wilkins. Weekdays at 6 on 630 Chad.